You're listening to the SLT Podcast, a resource to encourage and equip Liberty Christian School families for a Christ-centered life. Well, hey, welcome into the SLT Podcast. Uh, this podcast, we decided, is going to be sponsored by Vitamin C, because it seems like everybody's getting sick. <laughs> Oh my god, we're all stuffy. I know, dude. We're Welcome all to the <laughs> podcast. Oh, I like that. <laughs> all right. What right. I Wait, right, do that again. You sound like someone. I just need to pinpoint who it is. Hi. <laughs> uh, welcome to the week before mission trip uh, into the life of the SLT team. Uh, we are kind of struggling a little bit. Even pronouncing SLT team. There's not a team there. Thanks, Sam. Uh, but <laughs> welcome in, uh, listeners. I'm Taylor. I'm Sam. I'm Alex. <laughs> and I'm Courtney. And uh, we wanted to welcome in to the Mission Trip podcast as we've been planning and prepping for spring break. And probably a lot of your students are going to be going uh, along with us to Guatemala. We're super excited about that. And uh, we wanted to have a podcast kind of just talking about why do we do that? Why do we go on mission trips? And before we jump into the reason why we do this, uh, I thought it'd be fun to kind of share our previous mission trip stories, uh, one from each of us. Uh, Maybe it can just be memorable, maybe either for a good way or a bad way of mission trip experiences. So who'd like to go first? Uh, this one time on my mission trip to Kroger, <laughs> I <laughs> spotted a no, young... No, mission chip. You're thinking, that's not... You're thinking mission chips. Oh, those yes. are good with salsa? They are. Yeah. What did you say? I'll start. I have been on three mission trips, like official mission trips. Um, the first one, I went to Nicaragua when I was like 18. The second one, I led my youth ministry on a trip to Puerto Rico. And then the third one, when I was in college, I went to um, a mission trip to Mardi Gras in New Orleans. And so we were there to just kind of be a light and to try to show people, hey, there's a more fulfilling thing um, than all of these bad things that you're trying to fill the emptiness in your heart with. So it was a really cool ministry opportunity. Um, so part of how we were doing street ministry is we had these little cardboard signs that we had made where we had written in Sharpie on one side who we were before Jesus. And on the other side, when you flip it over, it says who we are after Jesus, like how Jesus transformed us or changed our lives. So for me, one of the biggest um, testimonies of God in my life is I have a miraculous healing testimony of my knee where I needed a knee replacement, but then um, prayed over it, whatever, and found out a couple weeks later that my knee was totally healed and in fact, like way healthier than it was before. So it was really cool. And that's what I had on my side. So people obviously didn't like that. People don't like it. Um, And this is biblically true, that when you go and speak the light in a dark place, um, they're not exactly going to um, be always agreeing with you. Sure. Um, So this mean old lady this was this was one of the times i was away from my team i was standing by myself um kind of off on my own and this like mean old lady and i'm not trying to be judgmental but she had the physical appearance of a cave troll from lord of the rings um <laughs> wait um i'm not the one telling this story <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm shocked as well so this mean old lady comes up to me and I say mean um, just because her demeanor she did not look happy that we were there she didn't seem to like what she was doing but she stood there in front of me like most people did that walked by to read my sign so she read it I flipped it over so then I expected I was like alright yeah ministry opportunity I'm going to pray for this lady this is going to be awesome breakthrough so this lady was wearing a string of Mardi Gras beads but they were about the size of like baseballs 
She takes off her necklace of Mardi Gras beads that are gigantic. And again, I think, wow, like this is so symbolic of her like removing her chains of sin. <laughs> and she proceeds to hit me right between the legs with this string of Mardi Gras beads. I went down on my knees immediately. Like it took all the air out of me. I was like stunned from the instant pain and just like what just happened. And she takes off running. And I look up and I decide in the moment, um, this is a testimony to God, to be the bigger person to say, you know what, I'm going to pray for her. This is nothing compared to the persecution Jesus faced. So, so I reach out my hand to bless her, literally, as she's like run waddling away down the street. And I go to like pray like a God forgive her, like she just doesn't know. And she trips. <laughs> <laughs> and falls flat on her face no. on the brick road of no. Bourbon Street into like a dirty puddle. What is this story? <laughs> and I just went, yes. <laughs> the justice of the Lord oh my was okay. done. So Golly. disclaimer, obviously, that's <laughs> not how it's supposed to be. It was probably just a coincidence that she tripped and fell. Sure. I mean, I did pray for her and bless her anyway as she went on. But um, yeah. Just be careful on mission trips. Is the moral of the story? <laughs> wow. Well, thanks for sharing that, Sam. Yeah, it's hard to talk about. Well, my mission trip story is when I was 16. I was a junior in high school, and we went to Germany with our youth group. We went to Cologne, and we reached. <coughs> sent I heard out. it smells really good there. Yeah, it smells great. We were split up into different groups, and, and we're sent out to the different areas of Cologne. So, like, we took uh, like a train, and we would go out, we get off, and we could kind of like walk around the neighborhoods, uh, talk with people, go to parks, stuff like that. So, I was with my youth pastor, and we had brought a whole bunch of like soccer balls and kickballs and stuff like that because I guess they play soccer in Germany. And so, we go to a park, we set up, and we have these two guys walk up to us. One of them is this man. He's kind of dressed up in all white, and he's walking with this kind of a little bit of older gentleman, and they kind of approach us, and we start talking and stuff. We start sitting on a bench. He can speak English. Um, the the younger guy doesn't really speak English very well. It's kind of broken. My youth pastor starts talking with the older man, and I start talking with the younger guy. He's probably like 20-something. I was gathering from the conversation that this older man uh, was kind of like an attendant um, at a kind of like institution uh, there in the city where they would take kind of like mentally ill uh, people. And so it was this man, uh, he was kind of walking around the park and kind of getting him fresh air. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I was just kind of like speaking with this guy, trying to communicate, trying to kick the soccer ball with him, things like that. And the conversation turned to, you know, where are you guys from? Uh, and my youth partner said, oh, we're from America. We're here, you know, on a trip. The man that I was speaking to uh, kind of brought me to the side a little bit uh, and started getting really close in my face. He's like, you're an American? And I was like, yeah. He's like, Americans, this is great, like Americans. And I'm like, oh no, what's going on? But I was trying to be nice because this man obviously had some like, you know, mental disability. And so just trying to be, you know, kind to him. And he kind of, you know, he kind of grabbed my shoulders and he was like, American, just super excited. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And my you know, youth pastor was kind of distracted by his other guy. And uh, he was like, okay. And then we kind of like broke up and, you know, kind of prayed for them and they kind of went on their way and I was like oh it's pretty cool that we got to talk with them and uh, praying for them and stuff and about 15 minutes later I'm like hey we need to go you know get something to drink it's kind of hot out here and we haven't had anything to drink yet and I'm like okay so I go to reach for my wallet and my wallet's gone oh, no. and and I remember this guy had put his hands like on my shoulders 
and you know, I thought maybe I kind of had cargo shorts because you know, I was oh, a 16 year old boy and I had cargo shorts because <laughs> uh, that's my jam. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, so basically, I got I got <laughs> robbed. Uh, I got robbed in Germany and for like the rest of the trip that was like day two and we were there for like 10 oh, days no. so I didn't have like any money oh, no. um, and luckily my passport wasn't in it uh, but my like my license and everything else was uh, but everybody else on the trip like covered me and stuff like that but mm. it didn't turn me away from doing missions it was kind of like okay nice. that's uh, that's what happens super nice so these stories basically are saying don't don't go on a mission trip I guess uh, but that's not the point of the podcast no they're good they're good they're good now we have stories yeah, to tell <laughs> pretty sure this is why Jesus tells people don't even bring an extra tunic <laughs> money they might you s- get mugged on them streets yeah that's in right. matthew okay so um at the church that I, that I used to work at we would do this in-country mission trip we would drive from el paso texas to some of the more impoverished areas of los angeles and we would go there and do community service evangelism prayer just different things we would partner with a awesome ministry there called the dream center and so um, I led the the team that would go to Skid Row and we would clean up and hand out water bottles. And um, there's this basketball court there. And uh, some of our students decided to play basketball. And so one of the girls uh, playing basketball with some of the little kids there, the kid puts like like the ankle brinket moves on her. Like, oh, yeah. He just, and she tries to catch her balance. Ends up like catching her balance on this like rusty power box and slices her hand open. And so we're freaking out. Every, well, I'm not freaking out. I, I was actually around the corner. So they come get me. They're freaking out. So I'm like, all right, guys, don't worry about it. I'll figure this out. Our bus that dropped us off was just around the corner. I go to the bus guy. We get her bandaged up with the first aid kit that's in there. And I'm like, hey, can you go take us to the hospital? I Googled this one. It's it's nearby, and I mean the air is just getting sketchier and sketchier and sketchier, and then all of a sudden it turns into like looking like Beverly Hills, and uh, it's this beautiful hospital that looks like the mansion from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and there's like a fountain in the front, and we get in, and there's a I've never seen this. There's a piano man. There's a piano man in the lobby, and so we walk up to like the concierge. They offer us water or orange juice. Um, it's not nuts right and we're like oh you know i think you know she cut her hand open um and they're like can we see her hand and it just gets i swear to you the piano man stops playing the concierge guy like looks over you're going to need the emergency room which is down there so we're like okay and so we walk down the hall to the emergency room and it is day and night like there's flickering fluorescent lights there is peeled like uh vinyl tiles like like there's just stains on the wall it is disgusting <laughs> um i mean i'm so sorry girl <laughs> like this this <laughs> hospital looked awesome in the front and like not so much in the back this is bad it's just the scariest place and it's me this like 15 year old girl and another leader and uh yeah so that was my memorable story where we went to a really sketchy hospital oh the girl died by the way you know i thought the question she's alive okay good i thought the question was most memorable mission trip story but now it just sounds like like most terrible mission trip story. terrible ones are the most memorable ones what are you talking about mine had a great ending uh oh yeah a redemption i guess mm, not yes. redemption justice. justice okay um so I feel like it is time for me to admit to all of you and our listeners that 
Previously to Liberty Christian, the mission trips that I went on with my church that was very well-meaning was to both Branson, Missouri more than once and to Pensacola, Florida more than once. So I would say out of those, <laughs> my most memorable stories are that we those also... retirees in Florida need the gospel too, Courtney. <laughs> our Lambert's waiter, waitress, the people who are running the rides at Silver Dollar City obviously needed the gospel the people who were serving Silver us andy's dog. ice cream aren't they all like also needed the by gospel? crusades for christ details Literally, they're like crew people well, yes but like details okay. we needed a reason sure. to go there right yes. however the most memorable thing is one time for a couple days we got to work in a um thrift store when you are sorting the thrift store goods then you get to see all of the cool items first so then we got to buy some of the really cool thrift store items first so you know score (laughs) 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 well now that you've kind of heard stories from us on previous mission trips, really a kind of like almost the lowlights um, <laughs> why you wouldn't want to go. Mine um, was a highlight. Yeah, yep. yours was a highlight. You got a sweet shirt. That's cool. Um, <laughs> but why we still want to do them and why we still go and kind of how do short-term mission trips fall into the kingdom of God? Like what is their purpose? And for the purpose of this podcast, when we talk about a short-term mission trip, uh, this is kind of the definition that we're working from. Uh, Would normally be a trip to another country or area for a brief time with specific goals and needs to be met uh, with the application of sharing the gospel uh, to the community that you're going into. And so these are often done by churches or organizations or a group of people just wanting to go. And I think that that's key is that it is for the sake of sharing the gospel. And sometimes um, churches, truly churches or schools or whoever it is, can confuse the purpose of a mission trip and focus on meeting needs and filling in that opportunity and miss that the whole purpose is sharing the gospel. So if we go fix all of these um, material problems Mm -hmm. or things that we see as problems, but we're not sharing the gospel, then I think we missed the whole point. So what would be some stereotypical reasons why like Americans would want to go to help out in other countries or go on a trip like this? I personally only go for the Instagram. That new profile pic. (laughs) Got to get that pic, bro. Well, you get to like, you know, flex and or like pose with like a little kid from another. Let me just tell you, my mentions are on fire. Dude, you get so many likes. Fire. People are like, wow, they're so deep. My goal is to be Not a trending topic. Not that many comments, topic. though. You could, you could do better on comments. Yes. Yeah. I, I only go to places that have right. like... Thank you, Courtney. Uh, You're welcome. Like beaches <laughs> or anything to go to. Like, oh, yeah, to get your tan on. Yeah, because I'm super tan. Well, so. I mean, you can't go on a mission trip without like uh, you know a couple days on the beach. I mean, it's yeah. basically a vacation anointed by the Holy Spirit. The souvenirs. The souvenirs are good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Got to bring it back for the parents. It, nice. Yeah. Um, Postcards. Yeah, we mentioned earlier the t-shirts. Those are some pretty dope shirts, like a a shirt with a world map on it. Like I've got a few of those now, so. Yeah, it's true. I think I I like to go because it makes me feel better about myself. Or that cute boy, that cute girl is going, you know. Girl, I was about to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Be like, maybe this is my chance. Yeah, maybe she'll see how good I am with kids. Oh, Oh. yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Score some points for sure. sure. I was totally about to say that, yeah. I can flex my 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 Jesus muscles. I mean, I'm not gonna go on on it though. If I can, if I see where we're staying and there's like not like a working shower, oh, we're not, out. N- not like a yeah. bed, like a hotel bed, then like, mm-hmm. uh, um, 
air conditioning heater. We yeah. need to package this and sell this as high end VIP mission trips. <laughs> I'm in. I told you we should do a commercial for it. I'm down. Yeah. Totally should. Spiritual Life Platinum. Our goal oh, is gosh. to evangelize as many poolside resort <laughs> employees as possible. Mm. So obviously, hopefully, except for Alex, those were all sarcastic <laughs> um, for the viewers listening out there. If we could hold up a sign that I says sarcasm. statements. I know. Uh, <laughs> and so those were sarcastic. But what, what would be some actual real reasons, maybe some reasons why our students um, here at Liberty would want to go on a mission trip? For our students, they want to go because it is part of our culture. It's part of who we are as Liberty Christian School, even in the two years that I've been here. And even before that, um, through the people I know that worked here before, it's such a huge part of the culture, um, and it's a defining character of Christianity. And so that's something that I know Liberty Christian School wants to emphasize is that we are a spiritually centered, Christ-centered school. And so it makes sense for us to be a missions-driven school. And so we, we clearly have the means to be able to send groups to other nations. And so I think it's a big deal for our students because um, I would point out tradition, right? Like. A lot of their older siblings have went. How long have we been doing mission trips? Over 20 years. Wow. Yeah, I've been asking a lot of my the students on my team why it is that they're going on the mission trip. And one of the reasons that I hear from a lot of them is that they just truly desire for their relationship with the Lord to go to the next level that they have learned so much throughout their time at Liberty, but they really want to put it into action and watch the Holy Spirit move through them. And so that's super encouraging to hear that that's the heart of some of our students. I would really hope um, that they're being led the Holy Spirit, that that's uh, one of uh, the main reasons that they're going is because the Holy Spirit prompted them to. Mm. Hopefully it's something that originates from uh, their study of scripture and what they see in the story and what they see in the Great Commission and uh, a response to yeah. their loving relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And something that I've heard pretty commonly in talking to my kids on my mission team are that they want to give back. And I'm thankful that there's a general awareness that mm -hmm. generally Liberty families um, are successful and they're doing well and they have a lot of amenities and even luxuries. And so there's a sense in them of humility because their response to hearing the gospel and seeing what the Lord's blessed them with practically is, man, like I've been so blessed, <clears throat> man, I've been so blessed in this life. I need to pour this out to other people. I need to go and serve other people because um, not everybody is so fortunate. Not everybody is given that opportunity. And so I'm thankful that they have the self-reflection to realize that part of the reason God blessed them so much is to give back. Yeah. And I think it's really cool here at Liberty because we have been doing it for so long that mm -hmm. students know, man, that's around the corner. That's something I get to do very soon. And so we have students who are in lower school and also in middle school who are um, given the opportunity to see our upper school students going on these mission trips, whether it's going to their chapels and performing the gospel drama um, and how they're going to be evangelizing to these different countries and also in writing letters to them leading up to this trip. Uh, we just have all these different opportunities for our um, students who are younger to be involved and to look forward to being a part of that mission when they get to high school. And just a little, here's a little shout out to Emily Creel, but some of those lower school students too that have watched the drama Emily reached out and was like, hey, I now that I'm an upperclassman, I would love to get to be in the resurrection scene because it had such an impact on me whenever I was yeah. in third grade. Mm. And that's just so I mean, that just gets me so excited that right. we are watching 
the lower school students who will one day be in upper school getting to go on the mission trip and saying like, hey, I want this role in the drama because I want the opportunity to show other people in a different country Mm -hmm. who Jesus is and why it's important and why it matters. So I think all those are just great points um, and great things for our our students to look forward to and and intentions of going. Um, And despite really good intention of students wanting to go and for us wanting to do these things, um, there have been people who have kind of been a little critical of short-term mission trips and how much they actually accomplish. And so there's a lot of books out there that um, we would encourage everyone to read that we've actually uh, looked into as well. I know that there's a a book out there, especially on short-term mission trips called When Helping Hurts um, and talking about uh, evangelicals going into countries uh, to help, um, but ending up hurting their culture in that country even more so. Um, and there's different reasons behind that. And so short-term mission trips can be damaging if done poorly and done without forethought and partnering with the people who are there. And so we're, we want to talk about some of those and kind of address them. Sure. So I was first exposed to this mentality that they can be damaging. Um, after I did my first trip to Nicaragua, and I thought we did really awesome things there. We went and we helped families that were like living in the garbage dump there and, you know, did other things like that. But when I got back, I read an article online, um, from this girl who was doing like week long medical mission trips. And so arguably what she was doing is pretty impactful. Practically. And she said they were working at like a school and a group of missionaries from a church came in one week and they were only there for five days. And part of like their little projects that they were doing is they repainted the walls on the outside of this church building because that's you know one of the things that any teenager can come and help with when that group left some of the kids and teachers from the school came outside and started scraping off the paint and putting dirt on it and she came and asked them like whoa what are you doing and they're like well there's another group coming in next week and we feel bad that we don't have anything for them to do like the reality of it is it's so awesome that um, we go and we and we're able to help with practical things and i think we should do that it shouldn't just be entirely spiritually focused i mean jesus fed people both practically and spiritually. And so we should be doing the same, um, but at the same time, recognize our limitations and say, how much is this really going to help? How much are we really putting effort into this? And realizing, are there ways that instead of focusing on doing these things ourselves, we could maybe equip uh, people that live there that are locally, that are there long-term to kind of do labor like that? Um, You know, another type of short-term mission trip is the evangelistic um, mission trip ones that don't necessarily uh, focus on service or service projects, uh, but more just the evangelism aspect of it. Um, and at, at surface level, you'd think, oh, well, those are also always helpful. Um, and while it's easier for those to be helpful uh, in the long run, they're not necessarily always helpful. Uh, what can happen if done improperly is Uh, Short-term mission trips that are centered around evangelism can create converts without disciplers. Um, There's no system in place to disciple these people who express repentance and a rendering of their life to the Lord. What do we do? How do we combat that? How is that fought? And usually that's by partnering with a local church. So when evangelism is done, detached from a local church, uh, detached from local ministries that will 
continue the work of discipleship after conversion. Then we can see the fruits and rewards of evangelistic-oriented mission trips. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is one of the reasons why the Liberty Trip, we always make sure that when we are doing our gospel presentations that uh, we have a partnership with a local ministry. Mm -hmm. For example, this Guatemala one is partnered with uh, Crew, uh, Campus Crusades, and um, uh, they have contacts in different local churches, and uh, we're even given cards so that um, if there's a response of faith, uh, we're able to hand these people these cards. They fill out their information, and uh, essentially the week after we leave, the crew people get busy doing the work of discipleship. They start contacting these people, trying to figure out where they live in the area, what churches are near them, how they can get them plugged in, how they can get them discipled, um, because the clock is ticking, Right. Uh, this is why we're given the parable of the seeds. And so um, we want to make sure that that seed isn't snatched away, that yeah. um, that it bears fruit and takes root in their life. That's really good. I think one of the things that I love about why we do missions at Liberty Christian is because of the relationships that come as a result with staff members or even upperclassmen and just the opportunities for discipleship, even within our own students. And so going... Um, to a different country and putting them in a position of stepping outside of their comfort zone where they share their testimony, where they share the gospel. And really, I think a lot of people in general, but especially students can become confused of like, well, I don't think I have the gift of evangelism. And that's just not what the Lord has gifted me personally with. When in reality, we see in the Great Commission that all of us have been called to share the gospel and it's not up to good. what our gifting is. And so this is giving students an opportunity to step into sharing the gospel and sharing their testimony, which may make them feel uncomfortable. But in the situation where they are also being invested in, discipled, led by seniors who are veterans on the trip who love the Lord and are walking with him and also um, by staff members who desire to have discipleship relationships with students that continue once we get back to. And so it really just adds um, a dependency on the Lord and seeing the Holy Spirit speak through them and also discipleship that continues whenever they come back here too. And I think it'd be an error uh, for us to assume that things that are done on a short-term mission trip um, are constrained to only that time. And so our prayer in going is that uh, the effect that our students would have on, on the population of those that come in contact with, of those that they pray for, would not just be uh, restrained to that day or that moment, um, but that, that the Lord would plant um, a seed into the heart of these people, mm-hmm. um, that it would be a launching point uh, for their love for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and also for our students, that it would be a great disservice to our God uh, that he's only going to work on our students during this trip. And so we pray that through these experiences that they have, that they see the Lord um, work in his power among Mm -hmm. them, um, that he would continue to do a work in them once they get back to liberty. And so short-term mission trips don't only just provide um, a means to share the gospel um, and to provide aid in different ways to um, other people, uh, but to also we pray to instill a heart for missions for our students mm-hmm. when they get back here. Absolutely. Um, that a short-term mission trip will illuminate in our students the need of the gospel, not just in Guatemala, but in the hallways yeah, um, and in the classrooms and in uh, their homes and their neighborhoods and their families, uh, that it would light a fire uh, to see the desperate need of Jesus um, that they have here. And so we hope that these short-term <laughs> mission trips create in us and our students long-term missions uh, for our students in their everyday life. Mm-hmm. 
And I think too, something that you're saying that gets difficult for students to understand or to wrestle with is I've heard a lot of students say like, I'm fearful of going on the trip and having a Jesus high, which essentially is like having a experience where you're really feeling the Lord and seeing him move and then coming back here and kind of riding that wave for a couple of weeks until life goes back to the way it is. And then they have seen that happen to their classmates. They felt that in themselves. And so they're fearful of that happening again. And I think really what the mission trip does, what you were just saying is shows us our desperate need for the Lord and shows us how God is real and we see him move. And we should expect that life is going to go back to normal. Mm -hmm. And I think what's hard for students is that they think that walking with the Lord is that you're always on this Jesus high. And that's just not realistic instead. I mean, I think the four of us would say this and probably any of the parents speaking as well is that it's instead we, we know that God is God and that we have to rely and depend on him. And it's not that we're always attached to this feeling of closeness or feeling of hearing the Lord or seeing him move. But instead we know that he is God and that he is worthy of our time and attention and devotion and all of these things. Yeah. And I think that's really key of mission trip really shows and reveals to us. I mean, it's in the name, it's a mission. Like there is a common purpose that you are working with and you're at Liberty that you're divided up into a group of people and you're going out to reach a certain people or to work on a certain project or to perform the drama. Like you have a task that you have been given and then you are all fighting and striving towards this common goal. And so you have a mission that you are wanting to accomplish. Um, and I think when we get back and we get back into the regular rhythm of life, we're often just kind of drifting most of the time. We're kind of an autopilot of just doing the ordinary daily things without actually any mission or purpose in mind. And so whenever we get back and we don't have the same viewpoint, well, of course, we're not going to be as close to the Lord because we're not purposefully or missionally carving out our day to accomplish these things or set out these things or come along other people that have similar missions. And so whenever we come back from mission trip, our hope is that our students will come alongside of other students and faculty who have the same common goal and to work in that and that we would just wouldn't be idle and just kind of drift. That's so good. And it's recognizing too with that, that it's not the Lord who is changing. I think a lot of times when you are talking about this Jesus high or mountaintop experience that then people can associate that with, Oh, God must be the one changing. God's not speaking clearly to me anymore. When in reality, it's us who are not changing as a result, which is exactly what you were saying. Yeah. I I think one of the problems that's probably happening there is uh, of course you're having a Jesus high on a, on a mission trip. Of course that's happening. Because you're retreating, you're retreating from the story, yeah. mm-hmm. the philosophies, and the views of the world. Yep. Um, you're nowhere near them, and this is what happens. And you detract from those stories, um, and you focus and immerse yourself on the story of Jesus Christ. Um, and so that is totally possible when you come back, but it requires getting into Scripture, listening to Scripture, and then living that Scripture. Right? Orthodoxy meeting orthopraxy. Uh, right believing with right practice. And so, yeah, on the mission trip, we're just doing right practice. There is no distraction from Netflix. There is no distraction from social responsibilities. There is none of that. Um, And when we get back, there is. And so I think that's super, super important is that when you come back, the question you should be asking yourself is how closely is my life more entangled with 
the way of the world than it is with the way of Jesus. Um, and on a mission trip, you're kind of forced to live the way of mm-hmm. Jesus. So you are experiencing because it is better. This is why Jesus says, come follow me. My yoke is easy. My burden is it's better, right? The Psalm gives us the call of come taste and see that the Lord is good. And so for a week, you've been forced to taste mm-hmm. and see and surely he is good. And then you get back home. And you can't just add Jesus to your life. He's not like, you know, crystal light packet that you put in your water bottle to make, uh, you know, your your water slightly more uh, LaCroix. Ew, gross. No, that's Satan. Um, and uh, that is not that is not what the kingdom does. The kingdom wants to completely throw your water bottle out and give you a brand new one, a brand new one filled with what Jesus Christ has for you. So he... It can't be an additive thing. You can't be, oh, how do I incorporate this into my life? No, it is how does this radically overtake everything in your life? The kingdom of God is everything's on the table. Mm-hmm. There is if, if what the gospel is saying is true, there is nothing in your life of which Jesus doesn't get to say, that is mine, that belongs to me, and I get to tell you what to do with it. I think if we just wrap our minds around what missions is. Um, my favorite, like kind of reductionistic, but I, I think still true um, quote about missions comes from John Piper. He says, um, he says it in one of his books, and he also is, is something he preaches on regularly, is that missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. Worship is. Missions exist where worship doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so where there is lack of worship, missions exists. You were able to see God in a big way and it made it really easy for you to worship him. And when the high is over, there are other things. As soon as you get back from the trip, there are things warring for your worship, mm-hmm. like violently trying to rip you away from that. And they seem innocent. They seem most of them are comforts. And we are so quick as Christians to classify comforts as needs. And it's they're simply not the same thing. Uh, and I think self-evaluation has to take place when we get back in order to maintain what the Lord is doing in our life. Well, I hope in listening to this, you kind of have a better understanding or maybe hear from our heart of why we want to do missions here at Liberty. Um, one, because it's biblical that we've been commanded by Jesus um, to go make disciples of all nations, that we would go to the ends of the earth. And so I think what Alex said is super impactful, that missions um, happen and occur where worship doesn't. Yeah. And so we want to go in places where worship of Jesus is not happening, uh, that there are those who do not know him, uh, that we get to proclaim the good news uh, that there is better for them that mm. God came for them. He sent his son for them to cover their sins that we are not good enough, but he is. And we get to rest in that. And his yoke is easy and light. And we get to bring hope to them, mm. which Amen. is a great thing. And so that's why we're going. And so, yes, we might not be able to stay there long-term, but we want to be able to use the resources and leverage um, our talents and abilities and these things that God has given us for the kingdom. And so that's why we go on these trips. And that's why we are so excited for you um, as parents and also as students uh, to come alongside of us and sharing the good news of Jesus. And so parents, thank you for entrusting us with your students. And students, thank you for being obedient to the call that the Lord has on you. Um, that we hope that you're not going because of obligation that you feel like you have to, uh, but because you've been invited to come and be a part of the story that you're created for, 
uh, which is proclaiming the good news of Christ to the ends of the earth until he comes back. And so we're going to be continuing to do missions because God has commanded us to. And it's a joy to do that. And so thank you for uh, listening. And we ask and covet your prayers that you be praying for us, that the Lord protect us, um, our students, our faculty, and soften the hearts of those uh, that we're going to minister to and to work alongside for the goodness of God. Thanks for joining us on the SLT podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to contact us at spirituallife at mylcs.com.